make sure today that you leave this place knowing that you are saved to the glory of God. Thanks. That one I'm going to choose. If you believe that, friends, you don't know the gospel. Is that the wonder of the cross is that no one gets injustice. If you, if you end up under the wrath of God, it is because you've rejected his provision for you and you are justly punished for your sin. To what the scriptures teach. I think the Bible does teach that God desires the salvation of all men. He has provided uh, for uh, the, the salvation of all men. And therefore, anyone who, who ends up under the wrath of God, it is because they have rejected his provision for them. And they are justly punished for their sins. The question that seeks to provide an answer to this question, for whose sins did Jesus die? The extent of the atonement asks the question, for whose sins did Jesus die? There are only two answers, two possible answers to that question. Either Jesus died for the sins of some people, or Jesus died for the sins of all people. Amen. All right. Hey, welcome to Making the Hedge. My name is Josh Gibbs. I'll be your host. And I've got my friend James Johnson on with us tonight. So thank you for those of you who are tuning in live with us. And uh, to those of you who will view later, thank you for viewing as well. Tonight should be a fun time. We are going to be getting into a topic that I would say is not as commonly talked about um, in church as far as what I've experienced. Maybe it is in the, in the church that you've uh, in the church that you have uh, grown up in, or perhaps the church that you're going to currently. But the topic is going to be homiletics. Whether you know it or not, you have been influenced by the subject if you've ever been to church. And uh, so, James, welcome. Thanks for coming on with us. Yes, sir, Brother Gibbs. Thank you so much for having me. I want to say I love your intro, and I love Leighton Flowers, so I appreciated. Uh, you including snippets of Dr. Flowers. I have been largely influenced by him, though he doesn't know me. He doesn't yeah. know that necessarily. But he's influenced all kinds of people, I think, through his YouTube channel. I appreciate definitely his strong position on soteriology. So that's a cool intro, man. I appreciate that. You know what? I've actually never met Leighton Flowers. I've never talked with Leighton Flowers. He has um, kind of mentioned, gotten into it, one of the threads that we've had like, kind of with um, some of the other guys that I talk with on Twitter. Uh, he's very active on social media. I'm very active on social media. I see you on social media. A lot of guys, it seems today, more than I've ever known as far as pastors are being, getting involved in social media and kind of engaging with the public on a platform that the public is engaging on. And f so as far as that's related with Leighton, um, he's been a big influence on me, which is one of the biggest reasons I actually wanted to start this, Making the Hedge, um, yeah. just simply because I feel like, personally, um, the the social media and YouTube and uh, those different platforms out there need more guys like you and me and Leighton um, who sure. take a traditional stance on the Word of God and... Uh, um, you know, especially when it comes to the soteriology side of things on who did God die for, you know, something as simple as that. Right. So, Right. Yes, sir. And his book, The Potter's Promise, um, I think is the title of his book, right? Do yep. you have a copy of it? Have you read it? I've, I've got an electronic copy of it. I've started it. I have not read it. Um, but I do have, which that last snip uh, on the introduction video is David Allen, who's been on his show before. I have his book, The Extent of the, the Atonement. And 
brother. That's have you ever read? Have you ever got into that thing? I, I don't have it yet. I, I uh, went into a Christian bookstore and glanced through it for a while. That's yeah. that's that's all I have. And I have a lot of good friends who commend it, you know, to, to people. So uh, yeah, uh, it, it'd be wonderful to have. So have you dissected it, dove into it? So I've got probably it, that book is. I I want to say if I if I remember right, it's somewhere around nine hundred pages, and I've so I I've when I started to read it um, from beginning to end. And as far as that goes, I probably got about a third of the way through, and then I just started getting lost and using it as kind of uh, its own encyclopedia and looking up different guys individually. Because he starts in the beginning of church history and goes all the way up to current times of what uh, you know early church fathers up to today people have taught and believed regarding the extent of the atonement. So just the the information in that alone is worth whatever you have to pay for that book it's invaluable to me as, as far as the information and that goes sure, for what people yeah. believed back then and up to today so yeah i need to get a copy of it definitely and uh that potter's promise is terrific i i did have i ordered several copies of that and uh yeah. i distributed you know i'm here in pensacola okay which is home of pensacola christian college yeah so um the professors over there, I went and met with several seminary pro- professors and recommended uh, that book to those men. They hadn't heard of Dr. Flowers. So anyhow, yeah. now, and this was probably six months ago I, I went, uh, now they're distributing it to students and they have it available in their bookstore. That's awesome. And they, yeah, they deal with Calvinism like any other uh, biblical training institution. Yeah. And so it, it's great to have that as a resource for the students. Hey, one of my old um, youth group students is going, I believe he's going to that college. I don't okay. know if you know him or not, but um, are you, are you very, you what? I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say there's, there's about 6,400 students there. I think 5,000 students and 1,400 staff or something. So I know him. Do you know him? <laughs> that's so funny. I didn't realize it was that big. So, um, but it's that's a, it's a terrific school. Absolutely. Yeah, he was telling me a lot of good things about it. So. Okay. Cool. But so okay now. When we talk on Saturday, I want to ask some questions, um, what I read in your bio, kind of uh, just your story about how you came to Christ. It seems like a very unique um, story about the bus ministry and that kind of thing. So if we could get into that on Saturday, I'd, I'd love to a little bit. But what I wanted to ask you tonight, and everybody is expecting us to talk about, would be homiletics. So why is homiletics something that's uh, so meaningful to you? Well, uh, homiletics in its most basic sense is the art of preaching. So it's the art of communicating the Word of God. And I've been in full-time ministry for about 18 years now. And uh, I sat under um, a man who was very committed. I grew up in a church with preachers who were very committed to delivering the Word of God. So um, so I benefited uh, from from their uh, study of the Word, their authoritative declaration of the Word. And then now I endeavor to do that. Uh, with the people that I minister to, so so it's definitely a passion uh, of mine. Uh, and then I've noticed kind of a, a a cultural emphasis on it within the culture of Christianity um, that that I think for a while seemed to be pretty healthy, but I think now there's become aspects of it that you could describe as unhealthy. Uh, there okay. there's somewhat of a maybe an overemphasis on homiletics. There's kind of a an exclusive boys club that's developed yeah. like if you uh, don't prescribe to subscribe to my homiletical vehicle uh, then you're not in my club you yeah. know and there are 
uh, people that are of the opinion that that you are ungodly or heretical in some way if you preach more topically than you preach expositionally. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with H.B. Charles. Um, you know that name? H.B. No, that's not ringing a bell. Well, he um, is an African-American preacher. He preaches at Southern Seminary quite a bit, and he okay. travels, and he's preached in all the big venues. And he is typically an expositor. Okay. Um, and he uh, recently did a video on the Gospel Coalition where they interviewed H.B. Uh, Charles. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting that he was asked a question about his heroes, and he said that uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon is, is his number one hero uh, mm. other than his dad, who was also a pastor. So he talked about the uh, two heroes. And here's, here's what has to do with homiletics is he described Spurgeon as a textual preacher. Okay. So when talking homiletics, yeah. you know, typically you're either a topical, textual, or an expositional preacher. And, uh, and so I've never heard anybody – and H.B. Charles is very well read very mm -hmm. intelligent a terrific preacher on a lot of levels for sure somebody I admire I've heard preach in person and and on video uh, several times I admire him for several reasons though I disagree with him soteriologically yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyhow so, so there's a whole gamut of, of styles and vehicles you could use within homiletics uh, but and I think some of that, that is healthy some of it's unhealthy and I think it'd be fun to talk about it on Saturday perfect I'm looking forward to it and uh, so we've got basically, if I understood the way that you broke it down, you've got three different styles of homiletic would be topical, expo um, expositional, and then you've got um, expository, and then you've got the textual. So, all right. all right, we'll dive into that on Saturday. Is there anything that you would like to kind of give a last word, something that somebody could hang on to and uh, look forward to when we get to it on Saturday? Sure. Well, I... Um I think most people that would tune in to this are, are people that are interested in preaching yeah. and love preaching, and uh, and that's what we want to do is just highlight uh, the privilege we have to preach the Word of God. And as much as we can in the 21st century, we want to be first century preachers. And yeah. so I think it'll be healthy for your listeners and for us uh, to talk through uh, what it is, what preaching was in the first century, and yeah. how that translates today into the 21st century. Um, and then and then to look across the board at leaders who are preaching the Word today notable guys uh, all the way from Jack Hiles to John MacArthur yeah uh, you know guys that we that we've heard of or been influenced by uh, in the 21st century or the 20th century and, uh, and what we can learn from them strengths and weaknesses so yeah. I'd look forward to a healthy discussion on those topics that's great hey and honestly I've got to tell you I am expecting to learn a lot from this conversation on Saturday as well uh, so my role is basically here's how I kind of see it what I've done is just kind of studied a little bit of the history of the term homiletics and uh, what's been written as far as uh, where it was in the early first and second centuries and how it kind of changed and evolved and um, whether or not it has changed or evolved is something that is up for debate um, but there's definitely there's definitely a lot of information um, on the subject that I did not realize was on the subject so I'm really looking forward to hearing um, what you had to say about it because um, as far as I see my role in, in what our conversation will be on Saturday is just kind of asking questions and trying to understand a little bit better about where we're at as a whole today when it comes to the style and art of preaching. So. Cool. Yes, sir. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I got to say, I think that Royals jersey is awesome, man. That's pretty cool. Autograph and everything. <laughs> Thanks. I, I appreciate it. So this short um, explanation for this, this is uh, this was given to me by my wife's grandpa. So he had 
probably um, one of the, the greatest private collections of autographs, not just for the Royals, but um, he's got a, a, an amazing collection that he spent a lifetime as a hobby just kind of going to spring training and different games and getting autographs. And if any of you are interested, uh, direct message me because they're having an auction. It's going to be a, uh, an, an auction that it's all going to be sold online. Uh, so if any of you guys who are watching or have somebody that might be interested in in uh, looking at some of the stuff that will be for sale, DM me or email me, and I'll get you the information for the website. Uh, they're actually itemizing everything and going through it right now. But just to kind of put it into a perspective, it was considered... Um, it, it was under consideration to be put into uh, on display in the Hall of Fame. Um, so that would be. But anyways, so this came from him. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. But yeah. uh, Jeff Francoeur, by the way, if you can't tell, Frenchie sure. from the French Corner, right fielder for the Royals. <clears throat> but anyways, so that's good stuff. Hey, Pastor Johnson, thanks again for coming on with me tonight. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. So. Yes, sir. Me too. Thanks again, Brother Gibbs. Thank you. Hey, hang on just a second. I'm going to close up here uh, with our audience, and then um, you and I can kind of touch base uh, once we close here and kind of make sure that we get everything ironed out together. Okay, sounds good. Thanks again. All right, guys, for those of you who are viewing in, we've got four people online right now. Um, I expected to just go five or ten minutes. We went a little bit over. But come on to on Saturday at 1.30 Central Standard Time. And uh, Pastor Johnson and myself will be talking about the art of preaching, homiletics, and how it's re relevant to you. And uh, I think it should be a good time. <clears throat> he and I have just spoke tonight. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I uh, got a frog in my throat. But um, I think it's going to be a good conversation. He seems like a real personable guy. Uh, he's down in Pensacola, Florida, and loves the Lord, loves the book and uh, has obviously been involved in ministry for 18 years. So I think that uh, there's a lot that we can learn from him. So, all right, tune in Saturday at 1.30. If you've got questions, we will open it up to questions um, as we get them coming in, and we'll go from there. Thanks again, and have a good night.